Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. <laughs> Hello everyone, once again, this is uh, Fanatic Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. Mike was muted. Rookie mistake, because uh, the Notorious Influence and Miles Garden, we have done something very interesting today. This is our Halloween episode. Uh, We can't really dress up on the air to tell us what we are, but Flo is a Devils fan. I am a reject soccer player that never got signed by a club that yet wears apparel. But um, we've done something that a good friend, the late, great CED, Chris Algov, said for his uh, final request of sports. I always wanted to do a tavern show. Yeah. So, uh, well, here we are, live in the tavern, hence the uh, background noise. Yeah, not quite the uh, the same thing as a, uh, you know, doing the show, which would have required a whole lot more. Like Mike and Mike at the Super Bowl. Yeah, like that That was never going to happen. And Chris, he, he never was going to admit that it wasn't going to happen. Now, I'm running Sports Zone, which is just a disaster on itself. And a it was well last show, night. It'll never happen, so... At least it's kind of a nice consolation prize. It went well. Um, so we'll do this for Chris Aldab. We're in the tavern. Uh, if it, if we're plugging random shout-outs from people passing by. Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's possible. But you can call in at 646-595-3137. And we'll start, we start off sports on last night with a baseball quick sound clip, though, from uh, the uh, Kung Fu Panda Pablo Sandoval. Hey, you bring me that and that and that and be part and the World Series. Come down myself, you know, I get a fish I can hit. He, he got a great staff, so I just try to get a fish I can drive the ball. We're in the home play. I, I'm making a lot of adjustments there, you know. It's one of the things when 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 you're smart, you you know, you need to let you need to learn what's your game. You need to know what's your game. So that's what I've been doing. So he comes the third player ever in history to hit three home runs in a World Series game. Yes, he was. Uh, 
joins the ranks of guys like Babe Ruth, Reggie Jackson. So right, he joined Mr. October. You said that last night. Yep, and you know, somebody like that is just such. It's history, and he gave the bat that he hit the uh, third home run with, because the one that he hit the second one with broke. So uh, he hit the third. So it wasn't one that hit all three, but it hit the third, and that was donated to the uh, baseball hall of fame. Oh, shout out to Cooperstown there, but uh, so they finally won again last night. Up two games to zero. They are the hottest team in baseball right now, aren't they? Well, I mean, considering there are only two teams left in baseball. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, last night, not as much of the offense. Play, a little small, well, they had a bang-bang play with a bunt that just barely went uh, fair. And there's a lot of small, but great pitching performance by Madison Gunners. Now it's a series pulled back to uh, Detroit for tomorrow night. It is Giants definitely have the advantage. Although the Tigers still feel confident, they are heading back home, and they need, but they definitely it, it's huge this game three to get a win. I mean, every game's a must win, obviously. But for them, this is basically make or break. But especially the uh, the first route, nine uh, uh, one on I believe it was Wednesday night in Game One of the World Series. Yep. And relatively low scoring last night, but still two games. Yeah, but luckily, I think for the Tigers, they got the game done. They got them done in uh, was it San Francisco. So going back to Detroit, I was no Justin Verlander though until later in the series. But you think, yeah, you give a shout to Barry Zito last night on SportsZone. Do you feel like he has been one of the big reasons why they came from behind to beat the Cardinals and to get that Game One World Series win? Wait, wait, uh, I wasn't. Your boy Zito. Oh, yeah, Zito, yeah. So, it was interesting going in game one. They were throwing Zito on those because their series went seven. And so, in Detroit, they ended in a sweep. So, Detroit was able to set their pitching staff, have Verlander go game one. Well, the Giants, they kind of had to scramble a little bit. They had Barry Zito. I'd been pitching very well. But, you know, just looking at it, you would think advantage Detroit. But not so fast, my friend, as the great, as the great Lee Corso would say. Find a two-way deal. Exactly. There you go. And the thing is now with uh, Giants, is it after once they got that game one, they defeated Verlander game one, then they had the rest of their stuff, pitching rotation set to go. So now we now know that because then they had uh, Bumgarner go last night. So their rotation set. I mean, Detroit's rotation set as well, but Detroit was not able to take advantage of having that. Long time off. And still have Tim Linscombe pitching, don't they? Is he pitch next game? Uh, it'll be either Linscombe or Kane. I will check that out. Preparing for that, do you think the Giant, uh, Detroit will probably going all out as soon as they get to Detroit? And what better person to go after than the Freak, who has been playing relatively well September and October months? Yeah, he's been really struggled this year. But once they started using him out of the bullpen, took him out of the rotation, they really seemed to get back. calmed him down. Yeah, he really he had a five point eight ERA. Like yeah, it was a, he was a mess, and a lot of people thought because of his rotation, because of his throwing motion, and how it puts a lot of stress in his body. That oh, maybe it was just towards the um, beginning of the end. But now he was able to get back his confidence, get back his stuff, and yeah. So tomorrow night it'll be Ryan Vogelsong's pitch very well. It'll be a pretty good, interesting matchup of Ryan Vogelsong. San Francisco and Anibal Sanchez for Detroit. Both have pitched very well this year, or especially in the postseason. They both have ERAs below 1.5. So it 
So we could definitely see a, a potential another low-scoring game. Comerica Park is a big ballpark, so we could be seeing another low-scoring game and maybe the reliance on small balls. All right, but so the World Series will probably be over by the time we have our next show next week, which we'll get to later in the show. We have a very interesting show we're going to try to do. But um, I guess you should take, can you take the, take the side of the uh, Detroit Tigers? If you are Jim Leyland, the old Silver Fox, what will it take for your team to come back and win the World Series? Well, it really, the big thing now is that they need to get their, lo- their lineup cranking well because they got a good pitching last night, but they, the lineup has not been there. And especially when you get shut out, their line, which was very solid against New York, they were able to perform well in the clutch scenarios. But now with the offense, it was just been missing thus far. But now you're, you get the familiar ballpark. You're heading back home. You get the day off. Head back to the head back to Detroit. And now they, where I think that they can end up having the confidence, they're back at home. And I think they're going to win tomorrow night. All right, I'll take the side of the Giants. So you think? Um, I guess I'll ask you right now. Do you think Detroit or San Francisco win the World Series? Uh, it's going to be San Francisco. A two-zero hole. Is way too big to come back from it, and so this is why game three is incredibly important. Because then you make it two one, then it's anybody's series. If it's three zero, it's over. So it'll be it's huge to get a win tomorrow night. And of course, I'll take the side of the Giants, who I think is going to win the World Series as well. Because one momentum is clearly on their side. They have won what five consecutive games now, dating back to the NLCS. Yep. But they came back in dramatic fashion, being the Cardinals, who were riding a pretty high wave of momentum themselves, being the wild card and getting yep. in. Uh-huh. Uh, up 2-0. Like you said, if they could see the win on Saturday, that would be crucial for them. I think they probably will. If Tim Lincoln uh, pitches game four, he could easily have a chance to sweep the Cardinals, or sweep the Tigers. But um, their hitting has been phenomenal. Kung Fu Panda, three home runs in one game. Yep. He, he was batting, I think, as high as 800. Because just because he's been hitting so well, four for four in game one, and uh, all the names that Dylan Chope mentioned last night, <laughs> plethora of Giants players who put my mind. But Buster Posey, your boy, someone you yep. said uh, did really well. He's been doing well this postseason, hasn't he? Yeah, he uh, and he's uh, still looking to be the favorite for uh, to win MVP. And a lot of this year, he's, he's been, come, I he's comeback NL comeback player of the year. Yeah, so with Posey, he um huge part of the lineup, and he's a big hitter. Yeah, for a very high average. He's got power, and he's good at driving runs as well, everything you need. And he's a catcher, so it's not something you see quite a bit of strong hitting catcher. But this lineup, you know, because he's throwing, it was definitely the focus was on Posey, but Sandoval's got a big bat. But really you'd see with them a lot of small balls. So I think that you, you with them you see more games like you did last night than against on Wednesday night when the power really came out. I said you have the Giants in I think the Giants. I think they're going to give. I think they're going to lose uh-huh. tomorrow night. And but I think this will go to six. I think the Tigers will win games three and five. Yeah. And but it'll be clinched game six at home for San Francisco. Game five would have Verlander back on the mound. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say the Giants in five. I think they could. I think Detroit will possibly get game four or three or four back. Then 
lose too. Because usually, usually in, in professional sports like this, a team does have all the hype going back to their home crowd to do well, and then they sort of get back to reality. And the Giants, in reality, have been phenomenal. So those are our World Series predictions. Oh hope, yeah. Hope you're right. Hopefully the uh, Giants win. So Tyler Tomeo looks like the uh, having us eat some humble pie, <laughs> as we doubted him last week on the and show. Go get him. Very good. We're in the tavern right now. So, uh, first ever, or second ever off-site show from the studio. First time we ever did it was uh, good old John Gardner, flesh and blood of myself. We did it live from Dallas, the very first time we were on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> there you go. We're going to move to our NBA segment. As big news broke yesterday, when David Stern uh, famously announced his uh, resignation in 2014. It's a great run. It will continue uh, for another 15 months. That the league is in, I think, terrific condition. Even at this board meeting, we reviewed the finances. We approved new ownership for Memphis, uh, and generally uh, reviewed the state of the game, which is at the center of everything we do. And I said that I uh, uh, like to think that I. I did an adequate job, but one of the things that I did best was to provide a successor that uh, would would be able to take the kinds of things that we now look at as huge growth opportunities, international, digital, television negotiations, and have somebody in place with an extraordinary organization that has worked together with him and with me to take us even to the next level. I can't begin to express my gratitude for all the NBA has done for me over the last 20 years and all that it's provided me. Um, as Glenn said, there'll be plenty of time um, during the transition to laud at David and all the incredible things that you've done for the NBA and for sports generally. I think there's no doubt that you'll be remembered as the best of all time as commissioners go and you've set the standard I think not even just for sports league commissioners but for CEOs in any industry and it's been of course an honor to have worked for you these past 20 years so you said retirement not resignation yeah I got my terms messed up sorry about that but that was uh, David Stern and future commissioner Adam Silver yep He's the guy that helped a lot with the uh, player negotiations. Yeah, and he's the guy, you'll, you'll definitely know if you watch the NBA draft, he does the um, second round picks. And the crowd's always, uh, they love to, you know, mess around with him. They call it the Chet Sexy Silver. And, yeah, it's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, for David Stern retiring, people, you know, Everyone will remember him as a villain, and there are definitely a lot of negative aspects of his tenure. But people not enough remember him as a marketing genius and really a visionary for the League of Basketball. Taking the best, because and it's funny that Silver said that oh he's going to be remembered as the best NBA commissioner. You look at the previous NBA commissioners; they're all morons. They had no idea what they were doing. They were hopeless. And David Stern, it was really I mean he's definitely a genius and done a brilliant job even with all the negatives but really took the lead because the league's had a strongest run since he took over. Revenue's up 24-fold. TV ratings are huge. You got big TV deals that made a lot of money for the league. So definitely a positive, I would say overall a positive legacy. Yeah, I said it last night. Uh, 
He's a very good businessman uh, in regards to setting down the dress code, which was huge. I mean, big at first, but now it seems like a lot of people players are getting creative, looking nice while doing it. Mm. And yeah. the, the deal with Adidas, which happened, I think, two, three years ago, Market, yeah. marketing-wise, that was a, you know, a genius move. The NBA Europe Live event, which sort of started in the 80s when Michael Jordan went over to play Barca, uh, uh-huh. FC Barcelona, and it's continued today. It seems like the Raptors, the Golden State Warriors, the Celtics that just recently did, which we'll get to in a moment, and growing the league internationally, creating the international players, and sort of diversifying the world of basketball, as we've seen in the Olympics in these past few years, as from the 92 and the Dream Team took over to now, a lot of these international teams have our numbers. Yeah, so... As a person, though, I don't like them. No, uh, shout out, no uh, shots to anyone in New York, but uh, I know Taj may have mentioned last night that he always put his ear, hand to his ear when everyone's booming. Oh, yeah, the he loved it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> good businessman, yeah, definitely growing the game, but uh, not a very good person. Uh, cause I remember he went on the Jim Rome show, and he got in a beef with Jim Rome without over an interview or something like that. yeah. Which you won't go into, but you know that's a different radio show. But uh, yeah, NBA, you uh, you made your NBA picks on BeatBlow360.com. Uh huh. I uh, yeah, I've been working on these the last several days. 2012-13 NBA predictions, long sought after. Back to an 82 game season. Yep. Back to a full season. No more of the uh, nonsense last year, and definitely quality of play will be so much better because you definitely notice that. Quality of play last year was really terrible because you had guys that weren't used to playing. And you'd have a bunch of games. You'd have sometimes they'd be playing three games in a row, and the, the quality of play, scoring was down, shooting was down, turnovers were up. It was just a mess. But um, yeah, so it should be a great NBA season. Uh, Stern's last full one as commissioner. It's weird why he's leaving in February. Yeah, it'd be after the All Star break. Yeah, he's it? leaving February 2014, and so we'll mark. Three years of commission of being commissioner, and it all it also it's a, it's a pretty wise term because it's right in the middle of the, uh, the agreement, the most recent CBA. So the new commissioner he doesn't have to come in and have to deal with a uh, labor negotiation rising. Right? Like comes in right in the middle, so he's years to he used to his job. So yeah. All right, so let's uh, we'll break down the league. Get our predictions. This is our NBA segment. Shout out no uh, disrespect to college basketball, which we'll touch to as American University opens up the 2012-13 season next Wednesday on Halloween. Uh-huh. But uh, we'll start with the East Conference and the Southeast. Before we have the Atlanta Hawks and the defending champion Miami Heat in this conference, it's pretty much going to be the Miami Heat yeah, taking over. Not even close. Miami Heat are the only team really of worth. I do think Atlanta will make the playoffs. I projected them as the eighth seed. Even without Joe Johnson. Yeah, because they still have Joshua Zuno. I think he'll maybe traded. That's they, right. He's been arguing about yeah. contract negotiations. Yeah, and his contract runs out. Al Horford's still one of the best centers in basketball. You know, they, they do lose Joe Johnson, but now they have more flexibility in the backcourt, and I really like their under-the-radar signing of a Lou Williams to play a lot of the shooting guard. And I think Philly. he's a solid player. Yeah, they uh, got him for nothing. It was a real steal. So those are the only two teams I think that will make the playoffs of the Southeast. Washington will be awful. I actually have the three other teams, Washington, Charlotte, and Orlando, at the bottom, the bottom three in the conference. I think they'll be miserable. So 
Disrespecting our wizards. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, new coach is... Who's our new coach? Randy Whitman, which uh, I thought was a mistake because he has a career winning percentage of 338. Worse than Jeff Jones. Yeah, a lot worse. And he is 120 games under 500. No He's, kidding. This is a problem challenge. I have with coaching in the NBA. Guys, there's so, there's so much retread. Like, you get a guy like Whitman who's got hired before with an awful record. He's gotten hired again. He's clearly an awful coach. It's not like someone like Dwayne Casey in Toronto who did a solid job, should have gotten fired, actually got fired for Randy Whitman, which was a disaster. But, um, yeah, and the team, it's just, there are players I like. I like Nene. I thought, I mean, the trade, it was an awful trade to get Okafor and Ariza, but they're two solid players. Ariza's a good defensive player. Good defensive player. Yeah, but they gave up, like, gave up Richard Lewis's expiring contract for, essentially for it, who then got bought out. And, like, Richard Lewis had a big expiring contract, and that's the best they could. They couldn't even get a pick for him. But uh, I think Brad Beal can turn to a guard, but the thing with John Wall, he's already hurt, is you have to wonder now, does he care more about, like, in the offseason? Becoming, like, a great player or just, you know, exciting everybody playing these street games. So, something to watch out for. Charlotte will be atrocious. And they I copied the Mavericks. I saw that. When they released their new jerseys, they had the exact same kind of jersey that Dallas has. Surprised nothing has been said about that. Maybe it's because Charlotte's so bad. And Michael Jordan's probably losing more hair than the immortal TED on managing this team. Exactly. Uh, and one interesting fact, though, do you think the ma- Magic without Dwight Howard for the first time since Howard got drafted? Yeah. Uh, what's it going to be like? No Stan Van Gundy either. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a Fresh, clean slate. But the Wizards might even beat them. Def- oh, they will. Uh, def- I have them worse in the conference. But um, this is definitely what they want. They need to bottom out, have a terrible season, and hope they get the draft lottery, the top pick. Possible uh, Cody Zeller from Indiana. Yeah, they got really pretty much nothing back. The best player they got back was Aaron Aflalo. And I like Aaron Aflalo, but he's not going to carry the team. Um, They got Mo Harkless, too, who's a guy I like. This team's very little talent. First-time head coach and Jacques Vaughn, NBA veteran. And so it's going to be a long season for Orlando. But then again, that's not a bad thing because they had to finally cut themselves up. The Dwight Howard crap. Yeah, we had Reddick on the show back in May, and he was just sort of stunned and confused the whole situation that went down. And rightfully so, Dwight Howard did not get a gold medal this summer. Yeah. But we'll get to him later in this segment as we move to the Central. The last year's number one seed, the Chicago Bulls, get a healthy D Rose back. We're trying a pretty solid core that made the playoffs last year. Yeah. And looking at this team now, uh, Pacers dra- traded all their players away to my Dallas Mavericks. And Milwaukee Bucks are the first. They trade all their players. They trade two. They traded Collison. They're backup point guard. Dante Jones, baby. Dante Jones, who didn't they play a lot. They still have Hansbro. Yeah, but. And they still have Danny Granger. Yeah. Indiana is clearly the best team in this division as well. Got, I have Better been, than the Bulls. Absolutely. Derek hmm. Rose is not going to play until February, the earliest. Hey, John, Luke, John Lucas came alive last year, though. John Lucas is on. Toronto, I believe. And he got traded. Yeah, he signed out, in, I believe, in Toronto. Yeah, this team, they got worse around him. They dropped, they lost uh, Corver. They lost a couple other guys, and they brought back. 
Taj Gibson's still there. Taj Gibson's still there. I mean, they're still good players, great coach. They, so they do have no backup yeah. point guards. They, so I did I, the, so I have them as the seventh seed in Chicago. But they you won't be. the Pacers be. running away? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think Pacers, they returned the key guys. They returned Granger, uh, Hibbert, uh, David West. That's right, Hibbert signed a contract. George Hill. I'm um, drawing a blank on the shooting guard right now. I don't know why. Oh, uh, Paul George. Paul oh, Boy George. George. So I think that they're definitely the best team. Boy George. Because, uh, Shout out to Fresno State. That's where we went to college. Yeah, and uh, because I think Chicago this year was at Rose out for pretty much a whole season. Very well could be the whole season. But, um, yeah, so I think then. And then Detroit, I think, is kind of an, an intriguing team. I had them low. I think I had them 11th. Jamal Walters is Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I think there, there's uh, there's some players I like there. And I really like... Greg Monroe, I like to see Greg Monroe, and I, I want to see how he pairs with uh, Drummond uh, and how yeah. he develops. And he's looked very good initially. And I like Lawrence Frank. He's coaching that. So I think he's a good coach. So I think that's a Pistons thing maybe could surprise you. What about the experiment of Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings? Interesting backcourt for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think or that... Or almost made the eighth seed. Yeah, I came close. I have him as the ninth seed once again. Because I think the Ellis Jennings combo, I think it could work out. It could work almost like what Golden State did with Curry. Yeah, and yeah. And they're two, two first guys. And But I think it could work out. Scott Stiles is a solid coach. Brought in Dallenbear, who's a journeyman, but he's a solid defender. Got some mileage on him. They got Epi Udo was a guy I like a lot. Uh, defensively, they drafted John Henson, who's basically Epi Udo. But uh, I think this team that could definitely make a play for a playoff spot, even though I have just out. So then we go to your conference with your team. Yeah. The newly refurbished Brooklyn Nets. Shout out to Jay Z. And I haven't listened to the show, I might add. As you should be. Although he uh, keeps it under the radar, very quiet. But uh, that should be probably the, one of the best conferences to watch as we have the wheels on the bus. We have the yellow dog of the New York Knicks, the team older than Flo and I combined. Oh, yeah. A Sixers team that does lose Lou Williams and a big chunk of the team that made the playoffs last year. But Doug Collins has seen the improvement. They got Andrew Bynum. String together a lot of good players. Yeah. Good Bynum. And the Boston Celtics is out. Ray Allen, who do you see in this conference? Uh, in the uh, or division. Eastern uh, or Coastal Division, whatever it's called. I think Boston's still the team to beat. They look good over in Europe. Despite getting, they did they, they drop one game against Fenerbahce. Yeah, and but, they did lose yeah. some. But I wouldn't put too much stock into that at loss. But I still think they're, you know, the same thing. You know, KG's million years old. Paul Pierce is getting up, even though he had a great season last year. True. Yeah, he still got it. And losing Ray Allen does hurt them. But this is this is the years when Ray John Rondo should start hitting his prime. This is the where usually the players they hit their peak. And I think and it's his team now and I think that he had a phenomenal season last year. Absolutely. Too. Triple doubles crazy. all over the place. Absolutely. He was awesome. It's like I, us today at the tavern. Yeah. And yeah. you Nets doing well. I think the Nets the They'll be a fun team. I have them third in the division. Actually, no, I have them fourth. I have them behind both Philly and New York. But I think with Brooklyn, a lot of fun to watch offensively. But this team's going to be a mess on defense. Even though uh, Coach Avery Johnson is a good defensive coach, this team, I don't see them 
being a really good defensive team. But they will be fun to watch, and in the playoffs, they'll be one of those teams that's happy to be there because they've been so bad, First time, for, like I think so Jason unbelievably Kinnera. bad for several years now. So you look at the Knicks. The Knicks are not a title team. I don't care what Knicks try to sell you. The team's really not that good. I've met fourth because I think that, you know, they didn't finish the season really well. But it's a problem when your three best players on your team can't play on the, on the court together at the same time. And Carmelo, Omari, and Tyson. And now you're seeing uh, that they're going to have Carmelo Anthony play more at the four, which the unit did very well last year, but Carmelo doesn't want to do it because he's just being his usual selfish. So I think that – and Ray Phelan's a step down from Lynn because I think that Phelan's really not that good. But – there's still a good team, a good defensive team, and there's just too much talent for them to really see them being so. And I think the four, five, six, which I have is the Knicks, the Sixers. Well, I'm actually, I know you weren't, it didn't seem like you're too high on them. I'm actually kind of high on them. I think Andrew Bynum can do well. Nick Young and Doug Collins is going to be a disastrous mix. But I still think I was impressed with this team last year, and I think this is a good team. They got four, five, of uh, six of New York. Philly and Brooklyn, I think they're going to be, like, separated by a couple of games. So even though I have, um, uh, you know, the Knicks as high as the four, it's going to be, like, two or three games. Really different. And none of these teams are title contenders. So. It was an 82-game season. Last year, though, I'd be pretty high on the Nets doing well, especially how old the Knicks and the Celtics are. But with an 82-game season, anything's possible. I'm going to say every Bradley played very well. Yeah. Having him in the backcourt for Doc Rivers. But uh, the thing I mentioned with the... Uh, Carmelo Anthony played a little bit of the four during the uh, the Olympics. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if he does sort of shape up. But Mike Woodson now is a full-time head coach. He was in the interim last year picking over Dan Tony. Yeah. It could be a different Knicks team, though, with him at the helm. But uh, we'll take a quick break. Zach Radio live from the Tavern. Ben Florence, Michael Gardner. Stay with us here on blogtalkradio.com. Mr. Worldwide. Oye, tienes todo para ganar y poco para perder. Tienes todo para ganar y poco para perder. Mira.
sencillo Oh, y el mundo es mío No entiende, lo siento Mamita, dame un momento, dale BlockTalkRadio.com, the Atari Zen Forest, creator of BeefLuck360.com, and Michael Gardner joining you live from the tavern with a Halloween episode. And of course, as we said at the top of the show, you can't really dress up on the air, it's pointless. The flow is a Devil's fan, a very dejected Devil's fan, as news from the hockey world broke out today that an 82 game season probably will not be happening anytime soon. And I am a reject soccer player that failed to sign a contract. So you, know, you mentioned the lockout, and John Butchacross, friend of the show. Yes. And Avid listening. Yep. One and of the hundreds and thousands we got. Shout out to our listeners. We continue to love you, no homo, for the guys out there. Heroes. And yeah, he reported from his sources that it seems that uh, that he, his sources are telling him that they're going to cancel the uh, All Star Game and the Winter Classic. No, so, they can't. We can host it here. Yeah. And, and, they if we, we can put CeeLo Green and multiple politicians in Bender Arena, we could put an ice ring. Sure. Granted, attendance would be very bad. Yeah, I, don't think we, I don't think we could fit that many people idea. in there. But anyway, go to facebook.com slash Fnatic Radio. Like the page. Go to Flo's blog at people360.com. Follow him on Twitter as well, as we'll get to later in the show. 
Also, check out the podcast on iTunes as we are making history the second off studio. I always say live show. Every show is live. <laughs> but uh, second, second time ever we've gone off campus. Or not off campus, but uh, out of the studio. Yeah. In memory of the... Uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, apparently, they got a couple of wins. Yeah. They uh, won a couple of weeks ago against Cleveland. Got the first big first win. And yeah, they got some new ownership as well. The new owners uh, been confirmed by the league. So yeah, so I guess you could say the future's bright, but right, looking very you could brown. probably not because it is still the Browns and it's still Cleveland. But we're in the test, in the middle of our NBA segment. You can go to the podcast and listen to the interview with David Stern on his thoughts on retiring. Yes. Yep. Next year, 2014, and we did the East Coast Conference. We go to the West yeah. with an interesting Southwest division. At my Dallas Mavs, a rebuilding Mavs with no Dirk Nowitzki for the first few weeks, as reported by a good friend, David Aldridge. He also broke it that there will be no center on the all-star ballot, thus yeah. eliminating the Tim Duncan rule, I guess is what many are calling it. Oh, yeah, because I remember it was in like four, three or four years ago, he had a great center battle in the all-star game with Jamal McGlure and Brad Miller. But, um, yeah, this really makes sense because now we see there's so few centers in the league, and you're seeing guys that really are classified as forwards like Tim Duncan playing center. So it really just makes sense. This is a move that... It really it made sense because you get the most deserving guys, and quite frankly, you know, you have there's very few centers deserving besides like Dwight Howard. So you're getting guys that didn't deserve to be in. Yeah. So it Ming, makes sense. Murray Yaming made the starting lineup and couldn't play because he was injured two years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. But uh, we had yeah the influx of votes from China. <laughs> as much will Jeremy Lin have as he makes his season debut with the Rockets? This season, a very interesting. Cause you have a team, you have the Mavericks with uh, guys like Chris Kamen and Darren Collison. No Jet, no Jason Kidd. Yeah. No Eric Dampier, no Ian Amin. <laughs> but um, a Mavericks team with Rick Carlisle. Oh, always a team you can look out for. I'm uh, of course. Pulling a lot of snow down my butt because they are my hometown team. They have the Rockets though with uh, interesting draft class. Royce White. Yeah. Very hardworking forward. Then you have uh, Jeremy Lamb, a very good, diverse guard coming out of UConn. And um, Terrence Jones, who I thought went very low in the draft. Yeah. He was a, very, he was a workhorse in COD. Of course, uh, easily undershadowed well, by was, Anthony when he Davis. Was awake, you know, showing up for games. But, uh, then you have the Grizzlies, always. Oh, yeah, OJ Mayo's now at the Mavericks. Yeah. And then you have the Spurs, who completely surprised everyone last year by going all the way before losing to the San Antonio Spurs. People, who do you have, uh, according to vflow360.com's NBA preview, who do you have in this division? And in this division, I think the class is going to be San Antonio. I have them They're very third. old, though. We can't they are old, enough. but you know what? They returned, they returned everybody from a team that won 60 games last year. A very good bench, especially with Kawhi Leonard. Or not 60, 50 games. It is 66-game season. So I, think, I still think they have room for one more run. And... I think Dallas. I think Memphis is the second best team. Uh, That's right. They returned uh, Zach Randolph for yeah. a full season. They returned the same year. guys, but I think they'll take Mayo. No OJ Mayo though. Take a step back because with Mayo, even though he was very inconsistent, he played a big role as a shooter, spacing out for Gasol. And 
dog. So that was. But, the crowd noise. Uh, I think after that, just sneaking into the playoffs is the uh, Dallas Mavericks. I really think they're going to take a step back. Dirk Nowitzki, you know, is in, is injury problems. And last year he had the lowest scoring average since the second year in the NBA, 21.8 points, I believe. Yeah. And I think he may start taking a step back. And I really don't love the team. Uh, and you saw the team last year that they barely they they were the seventh seed. So and I don't I can't really I don't think they're better. So. So it was a shortened season. Yeah. And we're still in championship hangover. Yeah, that's true. Which I'm pretty sure we are still are. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing because he did win a title a couple years ago. But I don't think the team, I don't have high hopes for him. But I think they're still a playoff team. Uh, actually, the next team I like, and I don't know if you mentioned them, the New Orleans Hornets. Really? Yeah, so they have a very good draft class. Austin Rivers, Anthony, Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis right away, I think he's definitely going to win. Him playing with the Olympic the team was probably the best yeah, thing that he could have done. The, uh, they're talking about on uh, Rantland, the uh, Over Under podcast, which is great. Oh, the Bloodville Simmons. And uh, what a friend Joe has. But I think him playing there was definitely huge for him. I think looking at this team, you got uh, Austin Rivers, who probably won't play right away at point guard. You got Eric Gordon, brought him back. He didn't be healthy. They all, and then they have, you got Davis down low. So, and I think. Mm-hmm. This team, I had them round 10. And I think this is a team that, good team, and I really like uh, head coach Imani Williams. Houston, I think, is the worst team. I don't think. The best guy in their team is Kevin Martin, who will get traded at some point. But I think this is by design. They, yeah, because they have no, they, no they, Luis Scola. They brought in all those picks to try and make a move for Dwight Howe, and it didn't happen. So now they gave a lot of money for Lynn, who I think will be good in Amorasi at center. And I think that this is a team kind of almost like a rebuilding year. It's a very young team. I think they're still wheeling and dealing as Daryl Morey does every year. So I think they are, I believe, I had them 13th or 12th in the conference. So not not a great season for the Rockets. All right, and then for the Northwest, uh, surprising. Obviously, this is the division with the Oklahoma City Thunder, the defending conference champions. And a lot of teams that could pretty much be a wild card in the Western Conference, especially come playoff time when the eight teams are seated. We have the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Blazers, and the Jacks. Now, I'm making lobbies for some of the teams. Timberwolves, uh, Kevin Love, like you said, you mentioned loud before we went to commercial break that players, certain players have their peak years as we expect Rajon Rana to have this year. Kevin Love is one of those guys as well. Yeah. He's coming off one of the, uh, third, the uh, redeemed team teams. He is out for six weeks. That's right. Injury bug. And R- Ricky Ruby won't come back till next year. As in next season or 2013? As uh, the new year, I should have said. Uh, when those two come back, hopefully the Timberwolves can hold it down. Yeah. If not, they'll leave themselves so far in a hole. It could be a good year for Kevin Love. Uh, arguably one of the top ten best players in the league. Yeah, I agree. In terms of having a guy that can shoot the outside and get rebounds. I think he was averaging you know, 20 and 15 last year. Mm-hmm. Very good numbers. But uh, you're, you're very high on the Nuggets. I saw your tweets today. Oh, I'm big on the Nuggets. I really... Well, I've been big on the Nuggets for a while because... I, I like how they rebuilt themselves as they're a deep team. And very get, deep last year. Even with yeah. Duke Ball, JaVale McGee. Yeah. And he's still there. But I love the acquisition of Andre Iguodala. Yes, he gives them another another guy in the wing. But he's a hell of a defensive player. He's the best guy in Philly last year. And he's coming off a great year where while he wasn't scoring a whole lot, 
The defense was incredible. I think that'll be or I have them fourth in the conference. I'm really high. I know a bunch of people really high in this Nuggets team. George Carl, very good coach. So I think this team's going to be very good. It's a very diverse team. team that I think should beat the Lakers, but of course the Angels Stern, who will no longer be with us in a few years, uh, sort of pulled some strings to make a Game 7 happen. And by that time, the Nuggets were so tired. They are very good. Surprised a lot of people last year. Yeah. Uh, Corey Brew off the bench. Of course, no Aaron Afalo. Yeah. Very, but, uh, very, like Ty I said, Lawson. a very deep game. And, uh, of course, uh, Ty Lawson, uh, Gallinari. Yep. Uh, Wilson good. Chandler coming back from yes, the Yes, that's right. Cause I, he was in uh, China. Oh, yeah, that's right. Him and uh, J.R. Smith were uh, exiled, in, uh, him and Kenny Martin, they were all in China. And uh, couldn't get the uh, full clearance to come back. Yep. Now they are. But uh, you see the you see the Thunder winning this division again. Yeah, I think they're not going to win the division. I think they're going to be the top seed. The team that put it all together last year, they return everybody, and I don't see any reason why they won't be. I'm going to quote you on this one. Scott Brooks is a damn good coach. I don't know if he's a great coach. He's a, he does a good job of getting a group of uh, yeah, very but, talented I mean, guys. He's made it work. Yeah, that is true. But I I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's a fine coach. I think they'll be the top seed. And so, the team really look out for Yeah, but we brought up Minnesota. If Kevin Love wasn't up for these six, these, uh, six games, or not six games, six weeks, uh, I think I'd put him in the playoffs, but now I have him as the ninth. Because I think that loss, and then without Rubio, when they lost Rubio, this team sunk like a stone. They were, they were very good until he went yeah. down. It was all Kobe Bryant's fault, too. Rick, Rick Adelman's a very good coach, but I just think with this team, it's going to be wait till next year. Fortunate because I think they're a lot of fun to watch and they're really likable. That is true. One of the uh, dark horses, I might purchase the uh, Kevin Love and or Rubio jersey. There you go. Possible Christmas gifts. Along with some uh, Crystal Dub clearance merchandise yes. from the uh, Sports yeah. website. But I think the Thunder, I agree with you as well. Thunder, probably, uh, what's, what's the good thing? I've probably more than 50 wins this year because. Have, wins. I think they're going to get 60. What's the Bulls record? Oh, 72. Yeah. Wait till I, yeah, 60 wins. Because the Mavericks, the year they won the, uh, the championship, had around 60 wins as well. Uh-huh. So, arguably, Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant is top three of the best players. I think he's the second best player. Second best people, player in the league. Well, let me just say that. I know there are a couple of people that they're like, oh, he's the best player in the league. I'm like, um, no, he's not the best player in the league. LeBron not James. better than LeBron. Because Kevin Durant's an okay defender. That's the thing. LeBron's an elite defender. Dude. He's a train. Exactly. He's a monster. Exactly. Uh, but Kevin Durant, the best, the best uh, catch and shoot, as we mentioned oh, from the Olympics. Well, I think he shot 78% Probably. in catch and shoot situations, or courtesy of the uh, gold medal. Also, Westbrook playing great defense. And if they sign uh, James Harden, yeah. another acquisition from that big three that were on the Olympic team. Basically, anyone who played at the Olympics Coach K this year is going to have a very good season. Even Anthony Davis didn't even get in. And so then we go to the Pacific Division, the final division of our NBA uh, 2012-13 coverage. And this is where we have the glitz and glamour of the Los Angeles Lakers with Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, the Black Mamba, a.k.a. Kobe Bryant, Al Gasol, Metal World Peace. On paper, or I guess for a player personnel, this is yeah. one of the best assembled teams. But... Um, you don't think they'll be as good as people say they will? 
I think I have them as the sexy. For, I just want to give a quick mention to uh, the Portland Trailblazers. We didn't yes. mention them. Martin they're not, Aldridge. They're not going to do anything. And Utah Jazz, I have them in the playoffs. He's a seven yeah, Gordon Haywood. They're, they're, they're pretty deep. Now Jefferson. Front court guys. I like Ty Corbin. But yeah, I think the Lakers, it's going to take some while getting used to. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to yeah, be like. seven in preseason. Even though it doesn't matter, though, but it's yeah, a hyper concern. With the, with the Heat, because the Heat, you know, had LeBron and Wade, they play kind of similar. This guy, I think it's still going to take a little while. There's always an X factor of if Kobe's going to be petulant or a team player or not. But I think they're... Yeah, because he told, I think he told um, Kurt Rambis that this is still his team. So some ego yeah, he's, could he's be clashing. Some, some weird, he's been saying some weird stuff of late, but they're the team to beat in that division, definitely. And they're a, a legitimate title contender. No, no question about it. All right, and uh, currently we're on our live air broadcast here from the Tavern. We'll be running out, but once again, you can catch the podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes. Search Fanatic Radio on the podcast. Look for the Radio Tower of Different Colors. Listen to Notorious Ben Florence, Milo Gardner. Had David on the show. Bring Tyler May on the show later in this episode as he breaks down the Notre Dame game. But we're currently continuing our NBA coverage. The Clippers could easily be just as good as any other team in the playoffs, can't they? I, I, disagree. I disagree. In what way? I think that looking at it, I think they're they're limited because I think with guys like Griffin, they don't want to be like they don't want to win. I think Chris Paul wants to win, but I think Blake Griffin really just wants to like you know amaze. Yeah. And Del Negro is an awful coach. Let's just he is Vinny. an atrocious coach, and they have a bunch of guys on their bench that could get a lot of minutes elsewhere. So I think Vinny uh, Del Negro is not the kind of guy you want to juggle minutes, juggle emotions because. It could be a mess. And I really think, out of them as the 60s, I really think they're a little overrated. Because, yeah, they did get to the second round last year. But also, was a shortened season. Not, they are probably yeah, one of the youngest it. teams. I'm not buying the Clippers as, like, a Western Conference contender. All right, so who are the top, as we finished our NBA uh, team breakdowns, who are the top three in each conference for you? Uh, for me, and I've said this for the kind of consensus, uh, for me in the East, Miami, Boston, Indiana. And in the West, it's Oklahoma City, Los Angeles, San Antonio. So who do you have in the finals? Finals, I actually have the Spurs. I know so many people are going Lakers heat because they're literally everybody on our panel of uh, our NBA segment. Which you will not name. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. I host it because I I want it to be a train wreck. But, um, yeah, everyone had either either heat the Lakers are Heat Thunder. And so I really think the Spurs, who people don't know, they had a great year last year and they returned everybody. And I really think that the Spurs are going to beat the Lakers in round two. They're going to just edge the uh, the Thunder of the West Conference Finals. And then I think they'll lose in five to Miami. So there's my finals prediction. Miami over San Antonio in five. Miami over San Antonio. I can see the Boston Celtics making a substantial run. I can see it. Because they did pretty well against the Heat last year. And I think the only thing separating them, well, obviously, was the shortened season. So the amount of uh, training, I think, if the Celtics can stay healthy with sort of the youth that Doc Rivers brings in, they could give a heat. They could give the Heat a run for their money. I am sort of on the Knicks bandwagon. I think if, if Woodson can figure out this whole Carmelo Anthony deal, and they can establish a pretty good point guard, even Jason Kidd, as goofy as he is, he sort of 
I really think he's good. He sort of helped the Mavericks. He's helped the Mavericks turn around because he is an assist man. And that's what Carmelo wants, someone to give him the ball, much as Mari Stoudemire. They could be a big threat. The Miami Heat, now that D-Way Wade has repaired his knee, is stronger than ever. They get Ray Allen. They get all these outside shooters. Uh, Norris Cole did a phenomenal job last year as a rookie. So, uh, not a big Chris Bosh fan, though. Not a lot of people are. He's a mess. Uh, apparently, Silas Hill thinks he looks like a dinosaur. And apparently, he thinks Steve Nash does as well. I didn't get which, that. Which, uh, Steve Nash is amazing. Yeah. Silas is... But I, you're saying Antonio Spurs, though. It's because uh, Greg Popovich did a great job of cycling out his bench to keep his players healthy. It's interesting, though, to see how a longer season could, with that could uh, help. But I like your uh, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, but I think the Thunder have too much athleticism on the team. And, yeah, that's legit. But um, I think it's because the Thunder can easily beat the Lakers. I think uh, Pau Gasol is getting tired of this. He won't get the ball as much. Now you have Dwight Howard. And Kobe Bryant is still as selfish. Still as selfish as always as it could go. As uh, Charlie Hunter, yeah. remember the AU men's soccer team, walked by giving us a shout out. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what? I can't even make a prediction on that. I think it's uh yeah, he he and Thunder. I'm going with Kyle so. Right. That's something I'd never thought I would do. Uh, but that concludes our uh NBA segment. I should now go to our college football segment. And uh this is a prestigious interview that Flo and I had the pleasure of doing last night. But of course. Uh with uh, no alcohol involved. Naturally. Only off the air. Oh. <laughs> but uh Tyler Tamir, an avid North Notre Dame insider, an editor of the Eagle, an editor of Amward. Yes. And one of the hosts of us on SportsZone sat down with us to d- dissect a very, pretty much crucial match in college football, which could see wh- which te- which one of these two teams, Oklahoma and Notre Dame, could get a BCS bid. There's his thoughts on that. Was a Saturday night on NBC? Uh, yes. All right. Here's, here's Mr. Samaya joining us for our weekly conversation. You think uh, Brian Kelly? You think he's going to actually uh, Newt Rockney in that sub Ben? Well, I wouldn't go that uh, far quite yet. Um, I think the first... Yes or no? No. Okay. <laughs> Wait, who's new Rockney? He was the, uh, you know, he was the most famous fighting Irish coach. He uh, helped popularize the, uh, the forward pass. Coached him way back in the 20s, died in a plane crash. But, yeah, he's like, when you talk about the great Notre Dame coaches, he's, he's the guy. It's Brian Kelly on that level. Not yet. I still think he has a way to go. Um, his first two years, you know, good years, not spectacular years. You know, solid but not great years. But the thing about Brian Kelly is that in the third year at his program, he always turns it around. We saw it at Cincinnati, uh, especially. Now here at Notre Dame, they're undefeated um, going into the Oklahoma game. Um, so I think that I wouldn't put him at that level yet. I mean, we've seen it before almost with Charlie Weiss, where, you know, he had uh, two great years, and then they extended him for a 10-year contract, which they're still buying out. So um, I think you can get into trouble if you, you know, call someone a savior too early. Um, at the same time, it's an exciting time to uh, be a Notre Dame fan. Well, he's yeah, because Kelly led the Cincinnati to the Orange Bowl, right? They won it too, right? Led him to the Orange Bowl. Uh, um, I'm not sure if they won. It. I don't really no, remember. he led him to the Sugar Bowl, but he left. Had left for Notre Dame. Oh, that's right. So that was when they got destroyed by Florida. Florida, Florida. and they were being uh-huh. coached by the offensive coordinator who was leaving for uh, leaving for Buffalo. 
That's right. Yep, he so, had a good quality. I actually picked Cincinnati in the game. They lost by like 40. <laughs> well, that's Tim Tebow's last game. Yeah, that's right. Tom Brennan and Brian Billick on the call for Fox. Fox. Brian Billick. Uh-huh. Classic Fox. No DC kidding. Game. So are you surprised Notre Dame 7-0? Uh, to be honest, yeah, I definitely am, um, especially with the way their schedule set up. Um, playing Michigan and Michigan State back-to-back, as they do all the time, it's just tough to get two wins uh, out, of, out of facing those two teams um, from the Big Ten. Now, the Big Ten's a little bit down this year. Um, but yeah. still, you know, always to uh, beat those two teams is nice. And then the Stanford game, which they kind of, you know, uh, pulled out. They got a late field goal to tie it, and then they won it in overtime. Uh, but the way their schedule's set up, you know, with Michigan State, Michigan, Stanford, Miami, Purdue, you would think somewhere in there they'd, pull, they'd uh, suffer a loss. But still, somehow, they're undefeated. What do you think the main reason behind that is? 100% the defense. Uh, the offense, you No know, Marquise Golston or uh, what's his name? Manti Teo. No, the quarterback. Ever Golson. Uh, Ever Golson. Well, Ever Golson's been a little bit shaky sometimes. Who's Marquise, who's Marquise Golson? Uh, Marquise, Marcus Holston. Yes. Wide receiver, wasn't he? Yeah, wide receiver for uh, the Saints. But do you think that maybe there's a quarterback controversy? You know, you see Tommy Rees come in a couple, few, few times in, uh, in relief. So do you think that, you know, possible quarterback controversy is out there? You know, I, I think so. Um, I think the way it's been playing out where um, Tommy Reese has actually saved them in a couple of games, most notably the Michigan game when Everett Golson uh, got off to a really bad start and was pulled early. Uh, Tommy Reese came in, you know, played a very solid game and won that Michigan game for him. Um, it even started at the beginning of the season, the Purdue game. Tommy Reese relieved Everett Golson uh, and picked up the win. And then you saw this past week against BYU. Um, Everett Golson was out. Uh, he did not play this game, so Tommy Reese had the full game. And there was some talk that um, this was kind of a prep game for Tommy Reese to start the Oklahoma game. Now, Everett Golson's name the starter, but Tommy Reese got a full game of reps in against BYU. So I don't think um, if Everett Golson struggles, I think uh, Kelly will not hesitate to uh, pull, give uh, Everett Golson the hook and insert Tommy Reese. But you mentioned uh, Matateo, right? Matateo. Matateo. Is I'm, I'm being the uh, Notre Dame aficionado you are. Is he a Heisman worthy with the way he's been playing this year? Um, I think you make the argument, but I just don't think he'll win the Heisman Trophy. Um, the last time a defensive player won the Heisman Trophy was Charles Woodson yes. uh, with Michigan, I think, in 1997. Yep. Yeah. Um, Pete Manning. Yeah, yeah. When uh, that was a pain man, would always struggle against Florida. Yes. And uh, yes. Tennessee dropped the game to Florida early in the year. But the thing about Charles Woodson was that he played defensive back and receiver and returned punts. So that's three stages of the game, special teams, defense, offense, where he's in. Manti Teo, just uh, a defender and a linebacker, too. And linebacker, you know, you wrap up, rack up the tackle stats, but you don't wrap up, rack up the sack stats. Yeah. And he does have interceptions, but at the same time, he's not a defensive back. But he's been the backbone yeah. of the Notre Dame. And you know what's interesting with Manti Teo, I remember a few years ago when Notre Dame and the Blue was playing in Hawaii. They played in the Hawaii Bowl against, that was when Jimmy Clausen was still the quarterback. And I was like, why are they doing the it turned out that, oh, they're looking at this prospect, this little linebacker guy, Teo, and now he's really developed into a, a one heck of a football player. Well, yeah, he definitely has, and they were involved in a uh, very tight recruiting battle with USC for him. And this is a uh, Charlie Weiss recruit. So, mm. you know, Charlie Weiss is right. recruiting, still paying dividends for the Irish, but <laughs> a very tight recruiting battle with USC at a time when USC was winning all the recruits. So it's kind of a surprise that... Uh, Manti Teo chose to pick Notre Dame, and it's really helpful to uh, anchoring a defense that has struggled in the past, in the past during the Charlie Weiss years. That was their weakness, and now it's one of the top uh, defensive units in the country. Uh, but now their game's Saturday. They probably face their toughest opponent of the season 
in an Oklahoma team that's coming off what is a 63-20 victory in the Red River shootout. Are you nervous about the Oklahoma defense, about the big, physical, fast defensive team that pretty much shut down a Texas Longhorn offense? Well, the odds makers actually are giving Notre Dame no respect as Notre Dame ranks fifth in the country, but going into Norman as 10-point underdogs. Ooh, really? Very surprising that uh, Notre Dame, you know, even though they're ranked higher, going in as double-digit underdogs on the road right. for this, for this primetime game. Uh, but more so what I'm worried about is the offense. Uh, I think Notre Dame has not seen an attack like this all year. Landry Jones uh, spreading the ball around. Uh, probably he's going to be the best quarterback they face. Denard Robinson is a good, great runner, uh, but not a great thrower. And you saw that with Notre Dame picking him off uh, a lot of times in that yeah. game in South Bend. Um, so what I'm really nervous about is that Oklahoma offense uh, against a Notre Dame pass defense that's very young in the secondary. They can get to the they can get to the quarterback with uh, they have a good pass rush, but the Notre Dame defense secondary very young. Landry Jones could exploit that, so I think that's what I'm a little bit worried about. Could this turn into the game that we saw earlier this year when Oklahoma lost to Kansas State? where Oklahoma had solid defense, good offense, but a quarterback that almost choked at times, had a couple turnovers. You feel like Notre Dame's defense, as we mentioned with uh, Teo, could put enough pressure on Jones to force them to make mistakes. You know, I think it's going to be really tough. Um, and I think that if you look at it from the Notre Dame side, it's going to be tough uh, to say you have confidence in Everett Goldson, Tommy Reese, and their attack matching Landry Jones score for score. Um, and another thing, Kyle Brinson, who's been the Notre Dame kicker, uh, had a very rough game against BYU. Missed a couple of very makeable field goals, and that kept BYU in the game. Friend of the show, uh, I would say. Friend of the show? That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is true. Great that you uh, are friends with Kyle Brinson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he did miss a couple of field goals that, you know, could have um, put the game away for Notre Dame. It ended up not. So I think that's one thing to look, keep an eye on him kicking, uh, going on the road. Uh, but as you said, it'll be a test for Notre Dame to match Oklahoma offensive production. I think it could be a lot of uh, run. Sierra Woods, theoretically, a lot of running for Notre Dame, mm. um, but it depends on uh, Coach Kelly's game plan. Because so yeah. he, uh, he coached Cincinnati and they went down to Oklahoma. Hung with them, I think it was two years ago. Yes. Or three years ago, yeah. Three years ago, yeah. Oh, Cody coached Cincinnati, hung with them up till about the fourth quarter, and then, of course, Oklahoma just overpowered them. But uh, when I lose this game, do you think that? Notre Dame will still have enough firepower and confidence to dethrone USC this year. I don't think so. Um, I think the USC game, which the thing is when we go out to USC, it is the Saturday uh, after Thanksgiving. Uh, Now, the thing is we've always tried to schedule USC coming here late in that uh, time, but uh, they never want to face the cold weather in South Bend. So they're always coming in middle October. When we we head out to there, to USC, it's a big game for USC. You see you know, all their old players on the sidelines, a lot of celebrities on the sidelines down in L.A. Um, and like Chris Aldo. Exactly. CD. Uh, CD C- might make an appearance this year at the, uh, at the Notre Dame USC game. Um, and Notre Dame has had a lot of trouble at USC. And I think it could turn into a Heisman Showcase type game for Matt Barkley. So it's going to be on national TV, probably going to be the ABC primetime game. We saw Carson Palmer... Uh, in his Heisman year, kind of showcase it against Notre Dame. Um, I think it could be a bad situation for Notre Dame going against those fast receivers in Woods and Lee, um, and I think USC is going to have a huge advantage when we get there down the road. Playing with two losses, do you think with the strength of schedule Notre Dame has, could they make an at-large of a BCS full? 
With two losses, yeah, I think they'll make the BCS Bowl. They'll put them at 10-2. and two. Um, The Oklahoma and USC games are obviously uh, the marquee games that they're going to be playing, and I think a lot of people would mark them down as losses. Uh, then you got, you know, Pitt, Wake Forest, Boston College, teams like that um, that Notre Dame can't afford to slip up against. Now, they've done that in the past. A lot of times, past years, they've lost games they shouldn't have lost, dropped games where they were favored at home they shouldn't have lost. So you have, like I said, those three games um, where they should be able to win. Um, and like I said, if I, they get to 10-2, yep, they'll be in the BCS. There you go. Looking like, because uh, I know I've done my predictions, and I know a lot of folks definitely think if they've got two losses, they'll be in because they're a big draw, you know. They're looking like the Fiesta Bowl because they have the first that large bid. Now, you, you would definitely travel down to like Glendale and see your planning artist. Well, now the test is how are they going to show up in these BCS games? Because the past two, they have been absolutely blown out. Yeah. Uh, the Ohio well, State those games, teams were really that good, and you'll admit that. Well, I think that the... They were both trash. I think that the no, first no, year... No, they were both trash. I Sugar Bowl team was good. I think the Sugar Bowl team. I think the Fiesta Bowl team is a little bit better than the Sugar Bowl team. Yeah, no, I'm just tugging, tugging at James. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they match up because, like I said, that LSU game is a blowout. Oh, I think it's a blowout. Mm. And this is kind of you know a huge marquee matchup game. Some people you know don't like uh, the Notre Dame hype. They feel they get too much credit yeah. sometimes. Um, so that'll be a chance for Notre Dame to make a statement come you know somewhere yeah. around New Year's Day. But it's interesting you say that. But the Notre Dame really didn't make a big move into the polls. It's kind of been a slow and steady kind of thing. Even though when they've gotten these big wins and they were undefeated, it took them a while to crack the top ten. So I think maybe the voters were like, all right, we don't want to overestimate these teams because you look at a lot of their big wins thus far. And you're looking at teams like Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon looking so great. So I think that this year they've been, I wouldn't say under the radar, but maybe not over the radar where they were just immediately thrust into the top ten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I also think that those Michigan Michigan State games, it's just tough for any team to win those two games back to back. I agree. And I think that's oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes you'll see them uh, at two and one to start the season, just because it's so tough to win those two games. And the Michigan State game was a night game at a tough place Truth. to play in East Lansing. True. Uh, they they beat them. Um, and then just two weeks after that, after playing at Soldier Field against Miami, they get Stanford at home, another tough team. That's true. So, I forgot and, to mention Stanford. And each, and each time, USC. exactly. And, and each time they've won. But this weekend in Oklahoma, it's sad to say, but I think that they will suffer their first loss of the year. Good man. Got to be honest when I come on. Thanks. As he is always honest, Todd Mayer joins us on Fanatic Radio. You are agreeing with him, I'm guessing as Oklahoma probably too much at home for Notre Dame. Yeah, I've got Notre Dame losing this Sunday. I think Notre By Dame... how much, though? I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a touchdown game. But um, I think that I thought that was, I was very surprised that 10 points spread. I, really th- I think uh, they're the favorite, or not the favorite, but I think Notre Dame's going to lose for the first time. Uh, and I think that... It'll be a good game, but I think Notre Dame, their dreams of a perfect season will come to a close. A little over the top, I think, for a perfect season. Even if they do beat Oklahoma, they do have to play USC. As Tyler yeah. mentioned, Matt Barkley's Central Senior Day yeah. coming out the next week. Exactly so. And the season will be pretty much over for that. But, of course, Tyler also mentioned the small games that Notre Dame will play. The yeah. Pitts, the Boston Colleges, who always are gunning for an offset, especially uh, late October when teams love to get that final 
one punch, one punch knockout to upset the Pi uh, teams in the uh, BCS rankings. I hope it. I think I'm thinking it's gonna be a blowout though, because really? this is an Oklahoma team that hung 63 on Texas. Very good Texas team. Of course, did not face a lot of good competition, but got in a lot of shootouts with other teams. Thinking of the Red River shootout will be an offensive battle. Oklahoma's defense stood tall. And when Tyler mentioned that the quarterback controversy, as you mentioned as well, that they were sort of trying to find their identity. They faced the Miami defense that wasn't really that good. A Stanford defense that was eh, okay. They were playing at home against USC, though. But, of course, if both of us get this wrong and Notre Dame does win... Everybody at school thinks I'm a freaking idiot because of you! That will be us. Yeah, well, uh, you don't want that to be us. That would be unfortunate. But yeah, that's our college football because well, Florida plays uh, Georgia this weekend as well. World's the largest outdoor cocktail party. Does Florida stay undefeated? Uh, I say yes. I I think Florida. Their offense has been solid, but their defense has been incredible. It's champ. It's an if. Uh, they always play the game. It's a neutral game site in Jacksonville. If this is a game in Georgia, I'd pick Georgia, but the neutral site, I like Florida on, the, on uh, this game. All right, before we get to tweets from Flo, uh, just a shout-out to uh, Marco Bell. Or not Douglas Bell. Oh, God. But apparently uh, free tacos on October 30th from 2 to 6, I guess, Eastern time. There you go. That's sort of the gray area, though. No one knows exactly what time it is. Yeah, I would assume Eastern. Uh, because of the World Series, you steal a base, uh, hashtag steal a taco, they end up being a free Doritos Logos Tacos. I will be getting mine. Flo, will you be getting yours on Tuesday? Uh, I hope so. I don't know where the nearest Taco <laughs> Bell is. I know there's one on the campus of George Mason. Oh, that'll be interesting. I don't, wanna, I don't want to pay the two bucks in Metro Fair just to get a free taco. It is free, though. That is true. The best things in life are Very free, true. much like the Wondrous Tavern that has not kicked us out yet. Yeah. But that's where we we'll be close in about 40 minutes. So that's where and I are. Today. Next week, though, we're going to try an experiment as I will be on the road at Texas Motor Speedway for the AAA Texas 500 there weekend. We so we'll try to pull off the inevitable of doing an off-site, off-state, off off-region, because I guess D.C. isn't really a state, uh, to host the show next week, 4 to 5 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com. But speaking of NASCAR, a huge week in Martinsville. Uh-huh. Jimmy Johnson goes on the record saying it's pressure time as... The five-time champ has yet to win in the chase this year. Yep. And first thing he comes out and wins the poll. This is go time for Jimmy Johnson at a track where he has done very well, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, definitely one of his best shows. I mean, Jimmy Johnson pretty much successful in every track. But uh, Martinsville is definitely out there one of his uh, strongest tracks. And he needs a strong runner if he wants to get that seventh title. It's because uh, Brian Vickers, is, or not Brian Vickers, Brad Keselowski, yeah, I pulled up. Vickers is starting second. Uh, Keselowski's had a very strong chase as well. He's leading by a double-digit point. So, Jimmy Johnson really... Was a, or seven, 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 almost yeah, double Charlotte. Yeah, so Jimmy Johnson really needs to have a strong run this week. And I think he'll, I think he's the favorite to win. He's just so good at Martin. We have Jenny Hamlin, though. And this very is sort, true. Of, sort of in his backyard. He's done well That's as true. well. Very true. Could be a heck of a race then. I think this is a must win for Jimmy Johnson. Because if by some chance he does play the consistency card and it comes down to a tight race at Homestead, Brad Kislowski has that upper hand because of the two wins he has in the yep. chase. Yep. Should be interesting though. But uh, a quick shout out to Regan Smith. Filling the role for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, his good work finished, I believe, eighth or ninth at Kansas last I think it was sixth. Yeah, exactly. A very strong. Earned a ride in the Nationwide Series. So it'll be interesting to see how he does with good equipment. Yep. 
as Dale Jr. returns. Glad to see him back. Said he wants to end on a high note, which I hope it does. Wouldn't be great if he got a win. Yeah, I agree. And uh, hopefully Jeff Gordon does as well. This is a track he does well at. But it's funny, Matt Kenseth has two wins, and he's still in, what, 10th? Yeah, point, he uh, points behind. He at Talladega in Charlotte. Kansas. Kansas, pardon me. And, yeah, because he really got off to a poor start. And there was so much controversy. Oh, would they, you know, last year would it be a lame duck, and everyone, Robbie Reiser, GM at RFR, said, oh, yeah, this is definitely not true. But, you know, now I think he's looking forward to uh, joining Joe Gibbs racing. It could be an interesting pairing. It would be weird seeing him not in a Ford. That's true, because he's been in a Ford his entire career. Yep. All right, and uh, one more thing before we get to tweets from Flo and our shout-outs. We hyped a lot last week about this Phil Reeves game. So apparently it's not a real person. Yeah. As you will read in the Eagle, the story will be leaked, which I'm very upset working with the athletics department. I hate that someone actually like takes it seriously. And it's like, oh, Phil Reeves isn't a real person. But our men's soccer team, and before you were at the game, yep. so the game, I don't act like you weren't there. We saw you. Pouch man on the call with me. This American came from behind and won a miraculous 3-2 game in double overtime. Here are quotes from the game from Coach Todd West, out goal scorer and player of the game, Al St. Kane, and Billy Knudsen, the Patriot League goalkeeper of the week. Siegfried, right foot across, Kane! It's in! American has done it! The Eagles have won in double overtime! I actually think relieved. Um, relieved is probably the word I would use. Coming from one goal down and then two one down, and you just say, "Can we just get a chance?" So the second goal gave us a chance, obviously, and then you know it's an exciting win. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled for the guys. They, they, we've had five games in 15 days, and we're tired, and we're playing against a very good team, and keeps us on top so it's a, it's a, it's relieved but it's also you know it's it's exciting for everyone it's been a while and you know, we actually took him out of the lineup trying to let his brain calm down a little bit because he was pressing uh, but Chris Hazard this morning at the alumni game said Todd I've got a gut feeling that Alessane's going to come out today and I guess Chris was right when he ties it up and hits the game winner uh, I guess he did have his coming out party uh, but the ball Seth laid off to Colin Siegfried probably won't show up in the stat sheet maybe it should and then the service, Colin Siegfried, and then the run to the near post, it's a, it's a great goal to win it. So you'll take any goal to win it, but I think it's a, a great goal that won it. Uh, it was a tough game. we gotta give uh got to give our hats off to Navy. You know, they came out tough. Good team, you know, they kept the ball well, defended hard, you know. But uh, to get a win, this is huge, you know. Because now we're at the top of the table of the Patriot League, so all we have to do is win a couple more games and we'll be hosting. It's huge. It's huge because uh, since I've actually been here, we haven't beaten Navy in the regular season. So to do it for the first time, I've seen here is great. It was huge, man. You know, as a striker, you always want to score. So, like, when you go through drafts, you kind of, like, have to keep yourself motivated and positive, you know, so hopefully when that chance comes, you'll be there to take it. So just got to keep myself, you know, engaged and focused. In some ways, I thought it was against the run of play. I thought we came out and were kind of in their end. The guys have been resilient. Uh, we were in, we played four overtime games in our last, in all our five conference games, four have been overtime. Uh, and we're undefeated in those games. So I think it shows some character and some resiliency that these guys are going to fight. It's a great win. We uh, really needed that one to be on top of the table. We like not to. Uh, we like to win at home. So it's always good to keep that streak alive. I think we're six and one now. So it's good to get that one. I mean, I just got to do what I can to uh, keep the team in it. Can't really score too many goals. So I got to do my part. And, and the defense helped out a lot today. So.
good. Well, we everyone on this team really believes we can always win, and uh, we're all great friends, so we love to battle back. We've done it a couple times this year, and uh, a great example of that, a lot of heart in this team. Huge momentum boost. I think we've got a couple games left, two in Patriot League, and if we can win out, I think we'll definitely be hosting. So it's very big for us. So uh, back here from the radio, live from the tavern. Uh, you think this experience has gone well? Uh, absolutely. I think it's uh, gone to a little better. I was skeptical initially, but uh, yeah, it's gone relatively well. It's uh, not a huge day because Friday afternoon you're usually kind of dead. Kind of while we're here. Mix it up. Uh, keeping it locked on the tavern. Oh, you are living la vida loca. We are today. As always. Michael Gardner, I will be on the road next week at uh, Texas Motor Speedway, as we have mentioned before. So we'll try to uh, get back to you at blogtalkradio.com. But uh, any shout-outs before we go to Tweets and Flow? Uh, I just got to give a shout-out. You know, there's a shout-out to the great workers in Tavern. Actually, all of the AU boat appetite workers, they're all great folks. They work very hard, and uh, kudos to them all. So, yeah, that's what I want to give a shout-out to. I'm going to give a shout-out to Will Chang, a name that probably most people not no, but uh, for a quick uh, history lesson, he was the owner of the San Francisco Giants and DC United. Very successful businessman who is probably on cloud nine now, the uh, Vito Loca. He's definitely him. Because he has both his teams in the playoffs once again. And obviously winning the World Series in 2010, he says, quote, uh, his dream come true is to bring home an MLS Cup and a World Series trophy. It's a wonderful experience to have one of your teams, but to have two is very indeed special because it was a D.C. United team that suffered uh, Dwayne Zerosario out for the season, uh, reigning MVP. So now the team beat Columbus at RFK to secure the second seed. D.C. United, our uh, local team, is in the MLS playoffs, which uh, rumors are Frank Lampard might be coming to the MLS. Yeah, you know. Hey, I got nothing wrong with getting, you know, out of, bad out of shape, out of their prime, you know, guys. You know, if it gets the money, then the MLS is going far. Of course, we have some good talent, though. The USA team made it to the Hex, which is the final 16, qualifying for two spots in the World Cup, uh, beating Guatemala. But also, um, go to the Snack Radio Facebook page, because there's a link there from BarstoolSports.com, a very credible source of interesting information, especially in the sporting world, as a video of Colin Siegfried's cold, Stone Cold Stunner celebration is on the site. 18,000 YouTube views. Really? I know. So, wow. Basically, just I just sent him the link uh, just to say, you know, here is your celebration. So, if you want to share it with your friends or anything. Oh, yeah, no, I did know because I watched the video because you had the great cameraman act. Yes, Malcolm Barber. 18 grand views. That's the most viral video I've ever had on my YouTube <laughs> channel. So, I shout out to him because now he has a contest of um, what is going to be his next celebration. Any advice for him? What is his next celebration be? As they play Lehigh this Saturday. That is a great question. You know, I'm not a big celebration guy, so I think you may have something better if you suggest than I will. Someone suggested on his Twitter page, at Colin Siegfried, uh, to throw the corner flag like a javelin. But I don't think uh, maintenance needs to try with that. I have huh. two. One of them is uh, Terry Henry sort of the karate kick with the uh, corner flag once when he played at Arsenal. And when I tweeted him with a picture, it was uh, doing the stanky leg like Charlie Davies did when he was the national team. And we got the funk. Oh, well, uh, glory be, the funk's on me, Bobby. Keep that funk alive. 
1979, but the funk is still alive. That is time for our critically acclaimed segment, Tweets from Flow. We need to win a web award for that, don't we? Sure. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, an interesting quote. We were talking to him before the show started. Uh, this upcoming Sandy Storm could be wild six hours ago. Are you excited for that? I mean, obviously not excited for it. Sure. But, uh, I mean, as long as we don't lose power. <laughs> I mean, I got no problem. We may lose power, but... Uh, what were some of the statistics you were saying that the weather's going to be like next week? Yeah, it was, I think it was going to be Tuesday. It's going to be a high of like 44, uh, 80% chance of rain. It's going to rain from Sunday for the next few days on. Very high winds. I think it was 44, 45, with a chance of hitting 50. Uh, wind gusts. So, it's going to be some wild, wild weather. And... Yeah, because it's weird. It's like it's a hurricane and it's moved close, and now there's a winter storm coming in, so it's kind of like a nor'easter hurricane. That's weird. Very so odd. Tropical storms are uh, big. We got we got a hurricane last hurricane Ike, I believe, um, last year. Because I remember it was during a after um, Labor Day, because the U.S. Open was going on, the tennis tournament, and they had to cancel off a couple of games. Everyone got all upset about that. Uh-huh. But yeah, so you uh, both of us are excited for Hurricanes, just hopefully no power. You did tweet that would be it would be hilarious if the Jets actually are serious about trading Tim Tebow. Is this true? Yeah, there are rumors that they may trade Tim Tebow. He's barely played. I think it'd be a mistake because you want to get back equal value for him, and he barely t- played him. So I just don't. I don't. I think. All right, and an interesting tweet that you mentioned as well on Sports on last night. Stephen A. Smith. Uh, some controversy with him. Yeah, he appeared to drop the N-word. Again? Uh, for the second time. What a moron. So, yeah. He's still employed. Uh, yeah, he's still employed. And no punishment, which is bizarre because he denied that he said anything. ESPN said, yeah, we believe that he didn't say anything. But when on the cable at re-air, they bleeped out whatever he said. So it was like, all right, so you're admitting you said something wrong, but you don't think you did said something wrong, so why would you bleep it out? It's just completely ridiculous. Anything gets bleeped on, especially on ESPN, which you know, is like the Little League World Series and the X Games. And you have this clown going around spreading his mouth out. Luckily, we have no obscene gestures or absurdities on this show, Back Radio, live from the tavern. But um, also, a quick shout out to uh, the men's basketball team. They start their quest for Patriot League title for the first time since 2009. They revamped physical team, said Coach Jeff Jones yesterday at the annual Chalk Talk. My Jaron Berman impression. Very, so he wants to play a more slow-down, rough-style physical defense as Stephen Lumpkins has returned. Are you uh, excited for that beef flow? I think I am. Always, Will you be there? Halloween year. night. Every year. Always excited for AU. Of course, yep, that will do it here from the Tavern. Very uh, special edition show. From all of us here at Snack Radio. And for example, folks, go to bflow360.com, read his blog, he has some good NBA analysis. Go to facebook.com slash fanatic radio to watch the bars and the concert and celebration. But from Tavern, we are saying so long and uh, vaya con Dios for my roommate, Jose Saldana. 
We'll see you next week as we try another experiment as Mount Gardner will be live from Texas Motor Speedway Media Center. People just keeping it locked, hopefully not blown away by the hurricane. Sandy, it's an interesting name for a hurricane. Once again, this is the Snack Radio on Block Talk Radio saying so long. We'll see you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.